When I Open podcast may feature language, mature themes, and violence. This is your trigger warning. Hello, you are listening to When I Open, a true crime podcast where I talk about crimes ranging from urban legends to serial killers and how they are portrayed in the media. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Tate's guide to the perfect crime. Hey, my name is Tate. I use they, them pronouns, and today you are listening to the first episode of my mini-series called Scary Tales. So, Scary Tales is basically going to be quick 30-minute sessions of me talking about short tales of terror that have either already been solved or just so intense that I have to talk about it. So, this will not replace my typical content, the exception being this Friday. Um, But I will typically be putting these episodes out on every other Tuesday. So, stay tuned for those. And, and, you know, the exception being today, because I'm currently busy. But, so, yeah, welcome to... First episode of Scary Tales. I'm very excited about this series because I have a whole bunch of creepy things lined up for you all. And before we get to the rest of the case, um, like to do not really like a alcohol drinking game, but uh, take a drink of something whenever I say Amityville because I'm just curious because I know I say it a lot. So today I'm going to be talking about the Amityville horror. On November 13th, 1974, the DeFeo family of six was killed and they were in their beds they were found shot in their beds with um a 35 caliber rifle the suspect was 23 year old ronald butch defeo jr the eldest and he confessed to the murder which he said was done which they say is done in cold blood the victims included the the mother and father of the DeFeo family, and then their children, 18-year-old Dawn, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew. So there's some other background into this, into why Ronald might have killed his entire family. He had an extremely abusive and domineering father, and because of the father's Outward abusiveness, the mother's personality and herself sort of faded into the background. So, Ronald grew troubled into adulthood. He had drug and alcohol problems. He would use that to cope. And he even threatened his father with the gun when he was, I believe, 18. He, no, sorry. He threatened his father with the gun sometime in his life. He held a job at the age of 18 at a family-owned audio dealership. But he very rarely showed up. So, so one night, he was meeting friends at a bar at noon. And he tried to call home to his mom, but no one answered. So, then he came back to the bar at 6 a.m. screaming, You gotta help me, I think my mother and father were shot. So, then, obviously, the police, everybody, everybody came over to see the absolute horror that had happened at the household. It apparently was very vicious, um, and, yeah. The house was at 112 Ocean Avenue, 
a in a suburban neighborhood in Amityville on south on the south shore of Long Island, New York. And eventually in 1975, Ro- Ro- Ronald was convicted of a second degree murder in November 1975. And there's actually a quick thing about Ronald that I'm going to say a little bit later, but the story does have a very um the story does have an ending. That's sort of well, you'll see. So up till then, up till around recently, um Ronald was held is was in a was in a prison for what he had done. So now we're going to get to the sort of oh, to the haunting part of the story. So, in December 1975, only 13 months after the DeFeo family murders, George and Kathleen Luntz bought the house for what was considered to be a bargain price of $800,000. So, George and Kathy had uh, three children that more Kathy had had three children from a previous marriage, Daniel, who was nine, Christopher was seven, and Melissa, Missy, who was five. And they also had a dog named Harry. And so, during the first inspection of the house, the dealer told them that about the house's grim past, but the family said that it would not be a problem, which it turns out was going to be. So, the Lutz family moved in on December 13, 1975, and most of the DeFeo family's furniture was still in the house, which is, first of all, just a little, is a little creepy. But, um, they actually had a priest come in and bless the house. So, he, so the priest is said to have heard a masculine voice demand that he get out and leave, that he would, that he should get out. And when the father was leaving, he did not mention the incident to either George nor Kathy, which is sort of, sir, if you hear a voice screaming at you, get out, I would get out of the house. And so on December 24th, 1975, the father called George and advised him to stay out of the second floor where he had heard the mysterious voice, the former bedroom and of Mark and John Matthew DeFeo, that Kathleen planned to use as a sewing room. But the call was cut short by static. And so eventually, um, and after, after his visit to the house, the father allegedly developed a high fever and blisters blisters on his hand, which is a little interesting. So at a another in by mid January nineteen seventy six, after another attempt of, of the house blessing, um they experienced what turns out would be the last night of the house. So the Lutzes decided to take their belongings and stay at Kathy's mother's house. But they also had more problems with that with that house as well. They described greenish-black slime coming up the staircases towards them. And then finally, on January 14th, 1976, their, George and Kathy, their three children, and their dog, most importantly the dog, because, you know, if your house is haunted, you got to save your dog. 
left the house and leaving all of their possessions behind. So the next day, the mover came in to arrive, came in to uh, remove the possessions, and he apparently found no paranormal phenomena inside the house. And so eventually the losses did go, I believe that they did go to the police and, um, the apparently I'm, I'm actually taking this off of a Wikipedia page about the book that was also written about it that I'm going to be talking about. And the losses did not actually work with these, with this author, but they did submit 45 hours of, um, tape recorded recollections to him. And now we're going to get into the media part of the story. So, this this story has been retold in a plethora of different movies and even a book. So, the book was basically how most people heard about this story was through the book. And so, um, the author, Jay Anson... As I just said, he basically used most of the Lutz's recollections of the house, um, including the greenish black slime coming up the staircase behind them. And so, this was made into a book, but it was actually, um, this book has been criticized by the father, and he said that, um, and he now is saying that it well in in 1970 he said that there's actually nothing unusual there and it was very strange because this has had a lot of controversies and um i think stephen king even said something about this that this these events seemed a little bit suspicious and like some of the cars the, the, the car of the father was deemed like that's not possible because it wasn't in this time wasn't in this time and it was a lot of the a lot of the details that were in the book were proved to be you know controversial or like had a very harsh rash of criticism towards them and Anson um Jay Anson the author has about uh, 10 million copies from its numerous editions and also based the title The Animedieval Horror on the Dunwich Horror by H.P. Lovecraft, which was published in 1929. So, The Animedieval has also been made, has also had other books, including The Animedieval Horror Part 2, Amityville, the final chapter, Amityville, the evil escapes, Amityville, the horror returns, Amityville, the ho- the nightmare continues. At this point in the at this point of recording, Amityville does not sound like a real word anymore. Another author, Hans Holzer, wrote three books relating to the story, Murder in Amityville, The Amityville Curse, The Secret of Amityville. And the murder in Amityville was u- was um, used as the basis of the 1982 film pre- prequel, Amityville 2, The Possession, and the 1990 film, The Amityville Curse. And it was also turned into, um, 
had a 1983 film, Amityville 3D, which was turned into a novelization by another author. And um, Mentally Ill in Amityville is a factual account on the of the case by, I think, Will Savi, which was published in 1802. There are also an extremely long list of movies about Amityville um, that are... Um, Alright, I will read them off just for, just, ju- just for fun. The Amityville Horror, Amityville 2, The Possession, Amityville 3D, Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes, The Amityville Curse, Amityville, It's About Time, Amityville, A New Generation, Amityville Dar- Dollhouse, Amityville Horror, Amityville Haunting, The Amityville Asylum, Amityville Death House, The Amityville Playhouse, Amityville No Escape, Amityville Vanishing Point, The Amityville Legacy, The Amityville Terror, Amityville Prison, Amityville The Awakening, The Amityville Heart Murders, and more recently in 2020, The Amityville Harvest. Whew. That is a lot of movies based off of this single case. And, um, I've actually only seen clips of the 2005 movie, which is called The Amityville Horror, which is a remake of the 1979 version. I've only seen that, um... And it has been a while, granted it has been a while since I've seen it. All I really remember is that Ryan Reynolds is in it. And I think Chloe Grace Moretz plays one of the Lutz children's. But from my recollection, it seemed, honestly, the movie seemed kind of more terrifying than the actual story itself. But those are all the media depictions of it, and it's crazed phenomenon around everything surrounding the story. So the reason I'm, this is the first episode of Scary Tales is actually, um, around, is actually kind of, not really for him, but, um, Roland DeFeo, um, Roland DeFeo Jr. died on March 12th, um, 2021, only, like, I don't know, maybe two weeks from when I'm recording this, and I knew from the second that I found out that, um, that Ronald, Ron, Ron, Ronald, not Roland, um, Ronald died, I was like, okay, I need to cover this guy's case, because it's a extremely crazy case, and I'm, that's, yeah, he is dead, um, I'm not sure if you'd really justify that as as justice as him dying in custody after how many other years. But that's basically the end of the of the Amityville horror. So there's not very much I can say about my opinion about this case only because it's pretty pretty clear cut although it is said that um that there might have been like forces of evil before the DeFeo family actually came there, and that um, that Ronald was also moved by those forces to kill his entire family. But as someone who has researched cases where you know one parent is abusive, one parent doesn't do anything to stop the abuse, um, 
it typically takes mo- most charge on the on the oldest child and the oldest kid feels like he either has to stop his father or just take everybody out of their misery. So in my opinion, Ronald definitely did it. Um, and I, as someone who does believe in ghosts and does believe in like, you know, paranormal things, I do believe that the Lutz family was most likely, you know, haunted by that because they moved sorry, because they, they moved into the house, what, like, maybe, like, a year after, there's still a chance that there could have been forces in there, and I might actually try to do an episode about, you know, like, forces of evil, and how long they stay there, and, you know, you know, things like that, but I definitely think that Ronald did it, he did it, um, and, sometimes the media does tend to get these kind of things twisted around because it's the media and you know they make all of these horror movies based off these stories because they know that people that that people will listen to this and like be interested and stuff like that all right so we have now hit the rest hit the end of the episode and i'm just realizing that this is this might actually be more of a 10 minute episode because as i've said before this case is pretty 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 small pretty short and that's kind of i really only had about 30 minutes to film this to do other things that i have to do this week as i'm filming on monday or on a monday but yeah thank you so much for listening i know this isn't typically my normal content i promise um next friday I will be back to my usual long rants. Um, And yeah, thank you again so much for listening to this really quick blip of of an episode. But yeah, you can. (laughs) I'm totally discombobulated tonight. I am so sorry. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at one one I at um, at one I open dot podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at one I open P. And yeah, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, please give me a good rating. Um, and yeah, thank you again so much for listening. And I do have a special announcement, kind of. Um, I've only, this is maybe my fourth actual episode of my entire podcast that I'm putting out. But I already have over 50 plays on all my, are on all of my, um, episodes combined so thank you so much to listeners um it's honestly surreal to see that i did hit over 50 because i haven't been doing this for very long but if i do get to 100 plays on all my episodes i do plan on doing a special instagram live on the instagram um again that is when i open um dot podcast but Again, thank you so much for all of your support. And yeah, I'm personally very excited when we get back to my when I get back to my usual content. I'm very excited for this next episode. I have to still have to do all my researching. Still got to watch a couple movies. Um and a little teaser, still got to listen to a musical for it. That's not really very much of a hint, but um <laughs> and yeah, Again, thank you so much for listening. Sorry for the super short episode, and sorry if it sounds like I'm kind of um, 
not fully put together as I usually am. But, yeah, again, thank you so much for listening. And remember to sleep with one eye open.